You guessed it, Pressure Points, with the two worst DJs in the business. I'm DJ Jazzy D, and this is my co-host, Just AJ. We're hitting you with Season 2, Episode 10, Fib Your Way to a Better Future. Find us on Instagram and Twitter, at Points O Pressure. Let's get going. Honestly, I feel like the best part about doing this podcast is the fact that I get to dance every single week. I could I completely agree <laughs> with that. That's the only thing it's, that's the only thing I enjoy nice. about this is one it's freeing spending quality time getting to share only my opinion about things and dancing. Of course. And nothing else. Not spending time with anybody, nothing else. Oh no, fuck that. <laughs> so fuck uh, sexual relations. Yeah, so so tell me about your week, sir. It's been busy. I got a tattoo. Oh. I didn't even show you. I meant to show you before. Oh, yeah. But I'm not wearing pants oh, right now, almost, so I'm not going to. I almost didn't wear a shirt. You, Based on the angle that I have, yeah, you're good. Yeah, you don't need a shirt. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Clothing clothing is optional when you're recording for pressure oh, points. Oh, baby, you know it. <laughs> yeah, you get up to anything fun this week? Uh, You know, nothing, nothing out of the norm, just doing some sweet ass work prep for that uh covid covid 19 fear-mongering 2020 oh i was sure you were gonna say just you know smoking all them drugs oh, yeah, smoking all the all, all the reefers uh no actually nothing <laughs> nothing too wild yeah not you get a not as many drugs as usual ah <laughs> oh, lame yeah so you get some time off here soon because of the whole covid scare you know actually i uh i do I'm one of the lucky few that will get to work from home. Yeah. Y- okay. So as a janitor, are you going to do dishes? Or? No. Uh, so usually what I do is I I stock like pantries at work. And well, that's one of the many things that I do. And uh, go on Reddit. Yes. Yeah, so, check yeah. some emails. Uh, do research. <laughs> avoid doing research. Chat one other coworker. Um, yeah, no, I go on long walks in the city. <laughs> they are exhausting. Um, now I, Lord, I, I asked my supervisor about it. I was like, yeah, if we're going to be uh, working from home, does that mean that like, I've just got to make sure my, my one pantry is stocked instead of seven floors worth. And he was like, you know, I expect that you should have that taken care of daily. I was like, oh, well, thank you. That's, that's very sweet of you. I will do my best to to be as productive as possible when self-quarantining. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know it. Get that get that fucking time downtime. Like self-quarantine <laughs> is really just like any other vacation for a gamer. <laughs> oh. Jesus. Uh <laughs> the yeah, I wish I got some time off. We'll my uh where I work, we actually make more money when people don't work. So, <laughs> you know, I'm shit out of luck. <laughs> Oh no. Uh, mm-hmm. so uh yeah, I got you got you in for some some good shit today. Maybe uh if you're looking for a career change, I can give you some ideas. So Yeah, I was uh I can't I have no idea what we're going into today. You haven't told me anything and that, I have no idea based on the intro. There's actually a a really good reason for that. Um it's so that you enjoy what I'm going into. You know it all piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> you just didn't want me to Wikipedia yeah, whatever you're yeah. looking up now. I didn't want you to find the one web page that I used for my research. <laughs> um, you can say Wikipedia. <laughs> no, I we we aren't sponsored by them just yet. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> not yet. They're a nonprofit. Not yet, yeah, uh, we would just be donating to ourselves. Um, so at the end of the the episode last week, I gave everyone a homework assignment, and nobody did it. Uh, so thank you for that. I, I appreciate did it. it. I, you did it. Thank you. I appreciate that, AJ. Um, Anytime. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll kick this off with you. What is like your ideal like dream situation? It doesn't have to be like, oh, what's your dream job? It's like if you could be literally anything in the world right now, what would it be? And I mean like you can cut ties with people. You wouldn't feel bad about it. Like you – AJ, peak life, peak existence, ready, set, go. 
hit me with that shit. All right, let me give you a two, because one of them is going to make me sound like a horrible person. So the first one is presupposing I'm in a world where I haven't necessarily met all the people in my life that I know right now. Okay. Yeah, I I mean, this is kind of what I was, this is kind of what I was getting at, is I want you to, like, you being a piece of shit, what would you do? Perfect. So if I didn't know my fiance, I would, right now, drive out to the middle of the desert and just smoke a bunch of drugs. Okay. And just live. I know where some mine shafts are. I know how to get water. I've been a survivalist for a long time. I've got a lot of education on that. I'd probably die within the first three days anyway, but I would just drive out to the middle of the desert and just fuck everything else because I hate everything. Okay. So uh, what would your what would your ideal job be? It, like, not in that specific situation, but if you could just pick up and drop everything else, you pick something up brand new, whatever you want, what would it be? Firefighter paramedic. Firefighter paramedic. Okay. Now, what would what would six year old AJ want? Uh, he wanted to be a priest. Okay. A, like in the church. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot you were you it's, were it was a religious so weird. little fucker. Uh, <laughs> I was I was really religious. I would like give out pictures of Jesus to people on the street. It was crazy. Uh, it's it was surprising so weird because it kind of translates to where you are now, which is you hand out pictures of. Hitler to people on the street. So it's impressive. I, it's pretty much yeah, the same thing. Basically the same. Uh, yeah. So a couple people that I talked to, um, like they said, oh, like an astronaut or like a top tier virologist. Uh, somebody else said. Lame. <laughs> Who the only a gay boy would want to uh, be that. And then somebody said a meteorologist <laughs> in the Arctic. I thought that one was That, that, one, was that would be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, so. What yeah, would you like, do? You don't get all the civilization. That's fair. So what would you do if I told you you could be any of those things? I mean, I've got an interview to be a firefighter next <laughs> I know. Week. That's why I fucking asked you to do something else. It's <laughs> 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 like, tell me something different. No. Uh, okay. Uh, OBGYN. I wanted to be an OBGYN okay. for okay, years. Yeah. I still find it super interesting. I just didn't want to become a doctor. Okay. So what, what would you say if I told you that through... Hard work and dishonesty, you could be an OBGYN, AJ. I believe that. <laughs> Through hard work <laughs> didn't... in stealing others' identities and falsifying documents, you can be whatever you wanted to be. Similar- That sounds great. To uh, my friend Ferdinand Waldo Damara. Now, the thing is, we have gone over the time period like 1930 to 1950 for God knows how, what, five episodes now? Not five. Almost every like, episode, actually. Like, this will be the fourth in a row, I think. Um, and I apologize it's to history. everyone. It's we are not. I, I swear don't apologize. to God, I'm not just doing this time period. Like, we are more than that. If you're a new listener, check out uh, some of our other shit, because this isn't no, just what we do. I mean, it's just what I do. It's not what D does. <laughs> Let's get that clear. Let's set the This is a good point. I have a certain diversity when it comes to my my information. AJ also has a different diversity, but not outside of his time period, which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's it works. It's fine. It's fine. Um. So fine. (laughs) In Massachusetts in 1921, this little Ferdinand. We're gonna call him Fred because that's what his buddies called him. So Fred DeMara uh, kind of lived in this, like, they weren't a very rich family by any means. Uh, his uncle owned, like, a string of movie theaters, and his dad was, like, employed by them. Like, there's really nothing worse than fucking working for your brother. I'd assume. Like, I would hate working for my brothers. because yeah. At a dead-end job, like a movie theater? <laughs> yeah. Like, if, my, if I had a brother who was, like, a stockbroker and I had to work for him, ah, <laughs> oh, shucks. Dang it. I, Nepotism. Nothing pays like five cent movie tickets. Um, so, uh, <laughs> and $10 popcorn. Yeah, right. So, uh, when the Great Depression hit, like, obviously everything kind of shut down. Theaters weren't like, they, they were still slightly successful, but not nearly as they were before. Um, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, his family had to move to a poorer part of Massachusetts. And so at 16, uh, 
Fred decided, you know what? Fuck this business. I'm running away from home, and I'm going to go join, and I'm going to butcher this name, so I'm not sorry about it, but the Cistercian monks in Rhode Island. Uh, I'm sure that was right. It might have been close. I'm not going to count my eggs before they hatch. Uh, So... Uh, he joins these monks, he's with them for a little while, and he realizes, dude, this is bullshit. Like, I have to be honest about everything. I've got to be a good person. I'm out of here. So he joins the army. Now, uh, he joins, and he's got this buddy whose name is Anthony Ignolia. And so, <laughs> so he takes Anthony Ignolia's identity and goes AWOL. He's like, yeah, I'm Anthony Ignolia. Peace the fuck out. I'm out of this shit because the army also sucks. It's as bad as the fucking monastery. <laughs> it's just like, uh, the like, the amount of times this this dude changes jobs, it blows me away. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> he leaves the army and he goes back to a monastery and then leaves that <laughs> monastery and goes to another monastery. Like, I feel like he was probably just getting molested at, like, each one. He's just like, you know what? This is bullshit. I'm going to another one. And then the priests and monks are like, ooh, ooh. ooh. Young meat. <laughs> Young Ferdinand. Um, so he's like, you know what? This is bullshit. Leaves that monastery. And he joins the Navy as a hospital corpsman, which... Hold on, hold on. So he left... He Hold on. I know. Went to a monastery, didn't like it, went to the army, stole an identity, then went to multiple more monasteries, and then joined the Navy? Uh, this entire time, was he still using that same identity that he was stolen? Uh, he was bouncing between just different names, because back then it was just like a normal thing. You're like, oh, what's your name? And they go, ah, George. They're like, all right, George, you boy. Sign up for the Navy. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, who gives a shit? Like, show me your papers. Well, I never got them at 15. All right, I believe you. (laughs) You wouldn't lie to me. (laughs) You seem like an honest fellow. Your name is silly. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) Um, So Uh. he uh, joins the Navy as a hospital corpsman, and he works his way up through the ranks for a few months, but he doesn't get the job that he really wanted, which... (laughs) really just like a surgeon general and so he wait seriously like he really that's what he was when, going when for? i go over like his his life m- mantra you're just like oh my god dude what the fuck so uh he doesn't get the job that he wants so he fakes his fucking suicide oh my god yeah like this dude just goes all in and uh <laughs> It's like, what the fuck is your problem, man? How did he did? Were there any details on how he faked a suicide? Uh, no, it didn't. It didn't say. Um, I know, right? So uh, that's great. <laughs> so he uh, he takes on a new new persona, Robert Linton French, and he starts teaching religion um, and <laughs> religion in psychology at Gannon College. So he's just like, you know what? Actually, I'm a professor. Um, Now, kind of like reading through people's, like I went onto Reddit and found like a post about it and just read through people's stories. And some people were like, oh yeah, my grandpa would always talk about like his first like three jobs. He would go in and they're like, "Uh, we're not really looking for any, well, we're looking for a couple positions right now. What do you do? And he was like, well, what positions are you looking for? And they're like, Oh, we're looking for a foreman. And he's like, oh, I'm a foreman. And they're like, okay, cool. We'll hire you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> like, Job well done. Like uh, one guy talks about how his dad joined like a – his grandpa joined a, a minor league baseball team because he walked to their practice. He was like, yeah, I'm good at baseball. And they're like, all right, well, what position do you play? And he says, well, I've seen you practicing, and it doesn't look like you have a pitcher, so I'm a pitcher. And he just starts getting paid to be a fucking pitcher. Goddamn. Uh, I wish I could do that. Yeah, really, though. I wish I could be, like, lie my fucking tits off. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, he works at, at Gannon College for a little while and gets tired of that. 
and he's like, of you course. know what? This religion psychology, fuck this. Uh, and fakes his suicide again. <laughs> no, he just switches. Damn it. He switches sides of the country, and uh, he goes to uh, L.A. and he works as an orderly at the Los Angeles Sanitarium, and then follows that by an instructor at St. Martin's College. Now, the <laughs> the thing about this guy is, it feels like. Like, and I know, like, over the last, like, ten minutes, it has been so much fucking information on this dude. It's like, boom, quick fire. He did this. He did this. He did this. He did this. Because that is how quickly this this dude's bouncing through jobs. It's like, what in the hell? Um, so this is, this is like the phenomena from last week where we discovered, and now you're like, the next day. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you, know? uh, you think this thing goes on for years, but it's been a couple of months now. <laughs> no joke. Crazy like you shit. figure all of this basically starts at like 1937, right around there. Um, and then like I didn't really get a very precise timeline because, well, I rushed the fuck through these. So I'm sorry if this episode sucks, everybody. Not my you fault. You have like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I have all the time you in the world. Weeks. I know I have all the time in the world, but – I'm busy looking at memes while I'm at work. Do I look like I fucking work smoking yeah. weed. Uh, so <laughs> this is over, like, all of these jobs are over the course of, like, months. He's doing months at a time. But I think it's hilarious that he goes, like, okay, I'm going to teach psychology again in college. And then he's like, you know what? My dream is really being a janitor. And then he's all, <laughs> actually, you know what? Maybe I'll just go back to teaching. I'm surprised he hasn't gone back to the army quite yet. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert: He goes back to the army. God damn it! <laughs> so, uh, at Saint Martin's College, he ends up getting caught by the FBI because he is a deserter. So he gets he gets tried for desertion, and he serves 18 months at a naval disciplinary barracks in San Pedro, uh, California. And um, so when he's released, he <laughs> he goes north and he goes to Northeastern University and or no, sorry, this isn't when he went to Northeastern. Uh, he just goes north and assumes a new identity. He's just like, of course. So he meets this guy, Joseph C. Sear, and uh, he's like, you know what? That's a catchy name. I think I'll take it. And yeah, it's like wouldn't wouldn't it just be terrible <laughs> if somebody stole your name? Right. So he That's... he goes up there, meets meets Joe, and then he joins the Royal Canadian Navy. Wait, <laughs> did aren't you supposed to be like a Canadian citizen to be in the Canadian military? So Joseph was Joseph was a Canadian citizen, so he joins the fucking Navy under Joseph's alias. Like Joseph is his alias. God. <laughs> oh my god it, and they're not like hey do you have any kind of identification <laughs> he's just like this is my name now nah, who's asking <laughs> just like what the fuck <laughs> so, uh, Jesus Christ so he goes he joins the navy the royal canadian navy mind you and yes. he gets his all time dream position as a trauma surgeon aboard the HMCS Cayuga and it's during the Korean War, so this is like nineteen what fifties. Okay, so so we're, mo yeah, we're, we're moving a we're little moving bit. A little I, bit. I, I do have I do have one question. Um, what level of formal schooling did this guy have, or am I, or am I too early? Are you going to save that? No, so think of it this way: so he ran away from home at sixteen, joined a monastery, went to the army, joined a monastery, went to the navy, started teaching. Went to the, like, worked as a fucking janitor, went back to teaching, and then got arrested. So, yeah, that's his formal education. <laughs> and then he became a trauma surgeon? He didn't become a trauma surgeon. He stole someone's identity, shows up to, a like, the Royal Canadian Navy, and he says, like, I'm assuming, he just walks up and he goes, uh, hey, do you guys have a surgeon on board? And they're like, no. He's like, great, I'm a surgeon. And they're like, oh, thank God, we probably need one of you. <laughs> so, oh my God. Like, it was such a, like, it was such an easier time. Oh my. Such an easier time. It blows my mind just reading through it. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, how do you get away with this? Did he have patience? Did he have what? Patience? Did he kill patience? 
Did he kill his people? I'm glad. Like, I'm glad you asked, AJ. So, uh, he's a trauma surgeon, and in the Korean during War, during the Korean War, and uh, he has been improvising major surgeries, and he's fending off infections with generous amounts of pen- penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> he's the reason we have MRSA. <laughs> That's all he's doing. Is he's just like, uh, like glancing through books before he has to do this. He's like, okay, this guy, like, he's basically WebMDing before every single surgery. Which, <laughs> at that point, if you're if you're just pulling up WebMD, you're removing what you think is cancer, but it turns out it's somebody's like left lung, and you're not sealing it up. Yeah. They're just internally bleeding for the next like six hours and then they're dead and they're like ah oh, it looks like that they're like that's a weird mass the bullet wound must have gotten him and he's like bullet wound i thought it was cancer <laughs> <laughs> uh so oh. so they run into some serious like some serious shit and they've got 16 combat injuries like things that need surgery like they're pertinent so damara disappears into his room and he just speed reads like through all these surgeries real quick and he like before he has to perform them comes out and does all of the surgeries successfully one of which was major chest surgery like successfully successfully no one on board dies oh my so uh this like newspaper in canada gets word of this and they're like oh my god like he he saved all these fucking people he he He's like a hero. Bullet extractions and all this other shit. And at the time, bullet extractions are a huge deal because they didn't have, like, you know, a wild amount of YouTube videos on how to remove police bullets. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, so this Canadian newspaper writes about him. And they're just like, this dude is a big fucking deal. And they say, Joseph C. Sear is the surgeon on board. And... Joseph's family in Canada reads it and they're like, what the fuck? Like Joseph just reached out to us and said that he was in Grand Falls in New New Brunswick. So they reach out to the Navy and they're like, this guy isn't who you think he is. And they're all, yeah, he is. He saved so many people. He's a big fucking deal. And they're like, no, he's not. And so initially the off-duty captain that was on the ship is all, he's like, no, I refuse to believe that Damaro is not a doctor. Like, this dude, it, it was miraculous. Like, what he did was phenomenal. And then they come to find out that he's actually not Joseph, and they're all, oh. So <laughs> they kind of, like, brush it under the table. They keep it, like, really on the DL, and they just tell him, hey, look, like, you just need to resign and go back to the U.S. Like, we're not going to tell anyone that the Royal Canadian Navy fucked up this bad, even though... Honestly, if that had happened, everyone would have been like, yeah, it's the Royal Canadian Navy. What do you fucking expect? Of course, somebody snuck on and performed a bunch of surgeries. (laughs) Um, So they send him back to the USA uh, and he kind of starts taking on this like really famous persona, more or less. Like people start to hear about him and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? This is amazing. So they actually... uh, I don't know if you've ever watched MASH. Do you know MASH? Yes. Yeah, they they have Yes, an, yeah, definitely. They have an episode that's about him. Well, it's not about him, but it has a character that's like horribly similar to him. It's uh like a character that comes on to on site, performs a bunch of surgeries, but he isn't actually a real doctor, and then he just like leaves. Um so <laughs> uh this is a direct quote from him, and I'll get to like where they're getting these quotes. So um, in any organization, there is always a lot of loose, unused power lying about, which can be picked up without alienating anyone. The second rule is if you want power and want to expand, never encroach on someone else's domain. If you come into a new situation, don't join some other professor's committee and try to make your own mark by moving up in that committee. You'll, one, have a long haul, and two, make an enemy. So find your own committee... That way, there's no competition, no past standards to measure you by. How can anyone tell you aren't running a top outfit? Then, there's no past laws or rules or precedents to hold you down or limit you. Make your own rules and interpretations. Just do it. Remember it. 
expand into the power vacuum. And like there was a guy that wrote a biography about him and like sat and just interviewed the fuck out of him. But at the same time, it's like, that's fitting. Like, <laughs> Those are words, words of wisdom right there. Everybody should take, take control it's just of that. Like, like, obviously you can't apply it to now because you show up somewhere and you're like, I'm making this department. They're like, no, you're not. You're like, oh, okay. Like, oh. <laughs> and then you're escorted off by the police. Yeah. And then you get to meet their security guards. That's the real win. Uh, oh, yeah. They're nice dudes. <laughs> so um, it turns out that an entire college based their uh, their beliefs around this idea because Fred created and founded a college in Alfred, Maine. <laughs> so after he got sent back to the u.s so uh he had left the religious order in 1951 um and the christian brothers which is like it's not like oh two christian brothers like these this group the christian brothers they offended him by not naming him as the rector or chancellor and then in his words he left because they chose a terrible name for the college which is Lemonius College. I'm that that is a pretty yeah, terrible really name. Really though. Like I don't blame him. I'd be like, this is bullshit. I founded this. We're gonna name it Ferdinand University. Like <laughs> it's something way better than Lemonius. <laughs> Joseph yeah. University. So uh then in nineteen fifty nine the college ended up going to like Canton, Ohio, which is another reason why you would not want that college. You're like, Oh, it's in Ohio? No thanks. <laughs> I don't want any part of this. Uh, And it became what (laughs) uh, became Walsh College. So uh, he ends up selling his whole story to Life magazine. And uh, they do this huge, huge story on him. They release it in Life, send it to everybody. And um, he ends up stealing another identity and working uh, a job in a prison. But... Like, the problem is, the problem with all of this is, when you become famous, that's when the fun has to stop, dipshit. Like, yeah, you can't steal identities when everybody knows your identity. Yeah, so, so, one of the inmates gets life, which I'm guessing this happened like like seven years after life was released, because they're like, oh, we're not going to keep you guys updated. So one of the inmates gets Life magazine, looks at it, and he's like, Ferdinand de Mara, this doesn't look like like Georgie that works as a guard upstairs that beat the shit out of me last week. Like, <laughs> no. So he ends up exposing him, and Fred loses his job uh, <laughs> at the uh, prison. Which, honestly, if you're having an art, like a story written about you in Life magazine... Why in the sweet fuck are you going to work at a prison of all places? Like, he's just like, hmm, the 18 months that I spent there wasn't quite enough time. I think I'll go back. I want to go back. (laughs) So uh, at this point, like, he's he's kind of a household name. People are people recognize him everywhere. Uh, He's because he's a big fucking dude, like fat piece of shit like me. So, um. Oh, he looks like yeah, us. Yeah. Oh, that makes more yeah. sense. Which is what we're doing. We're lying about our names, too. I, Exactly. I'm lying. And that's the reality of the situation. You'll never know who I truly am. Yeah. Secretly, he's a one percenter. <laughs> and I'm a direct biological clone of Joseph Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look like him. It's oh, just a biological no. clone. I'm just a white version of <laughs> Fat Albert. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, only slightly yeah. less rape, though. Uh, <laughs> my creator did not <laughs> rape anyone. Um, so uh, Fred starts appearing in game shows. And, uh, like, <laughs> I, I know. Oh, I wasn't I, expecting I that. Mean, that took me so off best, guard. I was drinking wine, and I just choked. The best segue into anything I've ever done. So <laughs> Fred starts showing up in game shows. Uh, <laughs> so he shows up in a couple and some of them, like one of them is they have to guess his identity, which it's like, <laughs> like, I love how simple and stupid old game shows were like, it's just like, what's my identity? This is what I've done for seven years. And then I changed to this for two months and then I was arrested. And they're like, uh, <laughs> Winston Ch- Churchill. 
And you're like, no. <laughs> it's just so stupid. <laughs> so God damn it. That was my best uh, guess. So uh, let's see. In one quiz show, he starts to recount his exploits. And uh, he it's like a quiz game show. So he comes on and he's supposed to answer all these fucking questions. And, of course, the host is like, oh, it turns out you're an actually an interesting person. And he goes, yeah, here's all the jobs that I've had and all of the different identities I've had. And uh, they're like, oh, OK. So he ends up winning a thousand dollars on this quiz show, which I mean, in like 1950s, 60s money, that's like seven billion dollars um <laughs> <laughs> well wasn't it a little bit later after after korea right yeah okay yeah so like i can now i gotta remember because nam was end of 60s yeah. korea was so like mid 60s yeah, it was like mid 60s when he's doing all this um so he wins a thousand dollars uh which by the way like i said a lot of money and it's even gonna it's gonna be yeah, even more money that's in about, money like what seven seven months when our economy completely tanks. <laughs> like a thousand dollars are gonna be like fourteen billion dollars uh, when yeah. inflation comes back in. So, uh, so he turns to the camera and he says, "I'm actually gonna be donating this to a feed and clothe Fred Demara fund." And it's just like, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> He's just like, "I'm taking this money and oh, I'm donating it to me." Um. <laughs> I'm the sole owner. So uh, he ends up taking a role in uh, this horror movie called The Hypnotic Eye. And he has a little cameo. He's a hospital surgeon in there. Uh, just <laughs> I'd assume it's like a middle <laughs> finger to what a middle like, finger. Canada. They're just like, oh, uh, fuck you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so uh, he ends up becoming a minister. So after all of these lies... He's like, Jesus you know what? Christ. I'm going to go back to church. Uh, and that's the first time I'll say though, like I'll say that sentence on any of these podcasts because there's no way I will do that. <laughs> um, so he becomes a minister and nobody fucking believes him. Like, <laughs> it's just like interesting. So when you get fame out of being like, like you get your fame from being a very well-known liar nobody is going to fucking believe you. Like, they literally, in <laughs> 1960, they made, like, someone wrote a book called The Great Imposter, and then in 1961, they release a movie called The Great Imposter, and it's entirely based around Fred DeMara's life. Like, yeah, no shit nobody's going to believe you, and you're like, I've come back yeah. to church. They're like, you're a fucking <laughs> liar, dude. Uh, so he ends up leaving that once again. No way. Yeah. And at that point, he's just kind of like he's making money from the book. He's making money from from the movie. He's just like, you know what? I think that it's time I just settle down and fucking die. So uh, he <laughs> obviously he's a big old fat fuck and uh, he gets diabetes. And this is my least favorite part of this episode. Uh, he actually loses both of his legs to diabetes. <laughs> Oh. And then he dies in 1972 after heart failure and complications from diabetes. Now, here's the real kicker. So you know uh, Fred DeMara that I've talked about this whole time? Mm -hmm. Nobody knows if that's his real fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that. Like, how do we know that his name's actually Ferdinand Fred DeMara? Like, <laughs> that's the fucking kicker. It's just like, you phony bitch. We got to exhume that grave and get some DNA. <laughs> right. What's it going to trace back to? Like, it's not like they ever kept records back then. There were records. We can, we can trace it back to... But his poor parents? Like, uh, they probably also If they were living relatives? Oh, well, yeah, I guess that's true, but... They found some weird stuff with DNA. I'd be... I'd, I'd be down. Let's do it. Let's dig up a grave. Yeah. Let's go dig up a grave. Everybody, all the pressure pointers, that's what you're all called. Yeah, we're gonna... Meet us at his grave in one <laughs> week. Uh, Google yeah, it. We'll do a live stream on Instagram. <laughs> we're going to Logan Paul this shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we're going to get some of that YouTube money. Oh, God. Um, so this kind of segues into the next story which it's a really short one if you've seen the movie 
Catch Me If You Can, um, which AJ has not, which I'm horribly upset about this. No, I've seen you, that. I asked you the other day, and you were like, no, you fucking troll. Yeah, I thought you said, now you see me. Oh, God, no. Why the fuck? Have you, do you like magic? <laughs> so this segues into magic tricks. Uh, no. Yes. Now watch as I guess your card. God. Here's the ace of spades. <laughs> the ace of spades. Um, <laughs> so uh, just like a couple quick little blurbs about Frank Abagnale, which is the main character in Catch Me If You Can. Uh, okay, good. I've never seen it. <laughs> fucking hate you so much so uh <laughs> his his dad gives him a little pay card because he get, frank gets a job and uh this next part is called frank gets a job uh so <laughs> frank gets a job his dad gives him a gas card so that he can buy gas to make it to work so <laughs> frank stops at the gas station and sees a bunch of tires and like miscellaneous parts to the side and he says hey uh what would it cost if I bought those from you? And they're like, oh, like whatever, like $3,000. And he goes, okay. So he's like, charge it to my card. So they charge it to his card. <laughs> he immediately sells all of them back to him. And he makes, like, it's not like he made money, but he just sells everything back. But he gets cash back. So he's basically just... Wait, who did he sell it back uh, to? He sells it back to the people he bought it from, from what I collected. Mind you, I could be totally wrong on this. Uh, as far as I understood was that first time, he sold some of the parts back to him for cash. So, like, he paid, and then they give cash back to him. It was oh, that's great. really convoluted when I tried to read it. Okay. So he probably, like, hey, I've got these brand new parts in my trunk, or, you know, what do you want to yeah, see right. out of my just resold some yeah. of them so and i as far as i know he moved down and he sold it to a couple other uh a couple other stations as well but he ends up like making three thousand dollars so he just gets thirty five hundred dollars and he's like peace and fucking dips out uh he starts kind of like fucking over people's deposit statements at banks like uh, he changes, so he'll go in and he'll he'll change the the routing and account number at the bottom of the deposit statement on all of the things, so that it automatically deposits into his account. So somebody comes in and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna oh. put a hundred dollars in." They put it down, they slide into their little system, it scans it, and it's like, "Cool, we just put that money into Frank Abagnale's account." So, ooh, I need that. I need to figure out how he did <laughs> that. Know, right. Well, back then it was literally just paper, so he would he would yeah. like forge the documents. And then he would go into the the bank and just put those on top of the other ones. Uh, he would just refill the the deposit slips. Um, Jeez, <laughs> God, nine, like mid nineteen hundreds was the prime time to be a fucking criminal. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, Especially if you had lead poisoning. <laughs> everybody, call Everybody back. did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah, he does this for a while. He gets, like, overdrawn accounts, and then he just, like, disappears from that bank. And, I mean, what are they going to do? Come after you in 1950? Like, unless it was run by a fucking mobster. Like, they don't give a shit. Yeah. They're like, oh, we'll send a letter to your house. (laughs) Like, Yeah, like, you didn't even really, in a lot of places, need a social to open a bank account before 9-11. Like, crazy Pure gold so um he does this for a little while and then it kind of starts to catch on so people will, banks are starting to pick up their their tracing probably because of him so he <laughs> goes on and he basically creates a fake uh pan am like pan am airlines flight id as a pilot now oh oh now he he gets this phony id and it's not that he's like trying to fly planes. He's literally just flying all over the U.S. and like he's doing domestic and international flights completely for free with what's called deadheading, which is like if you're a pilot, they don't want you to fly the plane to where you also have to fly a plane. They're like, we want you to kick back. Like you have to fly a plane in New York, but you're in like San Fran. We'll fly you to New York. You ride as a passenger, passenger for free. We'll give you hotel, we'll give you food, and then in a couple days, you're going to fly out of New York and fly down to Orlando. And he's like, okay, cool. Okay. But 
the thing is, he's not flying the plane from New York to Orlando. <laughs> he gets to New York, and then he just says, oh, actually, um, I'm supposed to be catching this flight from New York to Chicago. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll fly you out there. So he flies over to Chicago. Free room, free board, free food, free flight, and... That's the life. And he flies somewhere else. Uh, they said that he flew like, God, I wish I had grabbed the number, but it was like like almost millions of miles just fucking flying all over the place. Uh, and like I said, he has some that are international flights. Uh, so he does this for a while, and um, he ends up getting caught. As far as I understand, he got caught like in France. Um, they were like, oh, what the fuck is this? And he was like, oh, peace. So he comes back to, to the U.S., and um, he was a teaching assistant at BYU, or at least that's what his book says. BYU, so Brigham Young University, denied it, which is a Mormon-run college, which they're kind of in hot water right now. Have you heard about all that? No. Oh, my God. AJ, have you just had your head in the fucking sand? I've been busy. <laughs> so We'll talk about it later. Uh, yeah, they... If you're curious about it, just look up, uh, like, Brigham Young University Honor Code and just click on, like, News. And that shit will—it's a fucking nightmare. Uh, they're just— Didn't they have an issue with their Honor Code, like, three years ago? More than likely. They have an issue with it all the time because it's a really, like— Backwards, well, sexist— Yeah, it's a sexist, homophobic, racist Honor Code. Like, it's, it's just— what every religion was like a hundred years ago that's where the byu honor code is right now they're like oh like you want to have a good time while you're at college go somewhere else <laughs> it's just like what the fuck um but yeah we won't get into it look it up it's terribly terribly interesting and actually really sad too uh because you would think that in 2020 that we've gotten past all this but apparently not so Back to the matter at hand. Uh, so he uh, he fakes as a doctor as well. Uh, he supervises interns, uh, but at one point he has to like they ask him to go in and deliver a baby, and he's like, "What?" And <laughs> uh, it, like all this shit ensues, and he uh, like <laughs> he says, "You know what? I'm resigning as a doctor because people's lives are at risks." People's lives were at risk, uh, and, like, I just have an inability to respond to life-and-death situations. Like, he kind of shuts down when he's doing <laughs> this. He's like, oh, shit. Um, so he leaves that, mm -hmm. and then he switches to an attorney, which I found out this was actually really interesting. Um, so he forges his Harvard Law forms, and he passes the Louisiana Bar Exam. Now, the Louisiana Bar Exam is... Uh, you can take it as many times as you want until you pass it. So, like, without credentials. And there are some states, even Jeez. even today, there are some states that are the same way. Like, if you can go in and pass a bar exam without any credentials, they're like, okay, cool. Like, you're a lawyer now. Here's your certificate. Like, good luck getting a job anywhere because you can't prove that you went to college and got, like, a law mm -hmm. degree. But, like, but you're like, you I go. passed the law, for, like, the law bar. I passed the bar exam. And uh, people are just like, like, I mean, if it's a really desperate firm, maybe they'll hire you. So, uh, yeah, achieve your dreams, lawyers. Uh, just don't represent me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he goes through all this shit. But initially, like, he was just there as somebody's fucking coffee kid. Like, he's running around. He's just <laughs> buying coffee, bringing it to them, bringing them food. And one of his coworkers mm. is just like, and he's 19 when he does this. Like all of this has been really, really, really fast paced. He's really young throughout all this shit. Uh, but one of his coworkers is like grilling him about like, oh, well, what did you do at Harvard? Like where, what about this law? What about this? And he's just like pushing and pushing and pushing. And uh, so this kid in, ends up calling Harvard and finds out that uh, Frank never, Frank never went and so Frank's like, all right, peace out. I'm fucking out of here. Uh, but yeah, I didn't. I uh, don't do well under stress. I, uh, don't do well in my life and death situations. When it comes to a, when it comes to life in prison or the death penalty, I don't do so well. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just like fucking Fred and Frank, two two gems. But yeah, 
Uh, if you're ever curious on more on Frank, I didn't do a lot on him just because, like, Catch Me If You Can is out there. It's fairly accurate from what I understand. Um, but check it out. Watch it. AJ, fucking watch it. I might. I might, maybe. Um, yeah, so you said you had something to tell me at the end of the episode you were going to talk to me about? Yeah, so first off, if you like these kind of, let's call them sneaky schemes, then you can, uh, you know, we have a previous episode on Ponzi you might like, Mm -hmm. if you like this episode. Sneaky schemes. Other than that, sneaky schemes. have no idea what episode it was, but it was in the first season, so just listen Um, to them all. I think it was the fourth. I think it was the fourth episode. Four Four or five. five. Yeah. We go yeah. over like a so, Ponzi and shit that he got into. We talk a little bit more about Mormons, so as usual. Do we? Yeah, I mention it. Those, oh. those two guys. That, I was. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's when we had our lawyer in the yeah, studio and right. it was like 95 degrees and I drank uh, a coffee stout. So I was. In the closet studio. Ooh, I was sweating. <laughs> it was, a, it was a, heavy, a heavy day in the studio. Definitely. Yeah, so I, I got I got a couple books this past week. I'm surprised. I bought this one book. You can't buy it on Amazon. You can't buy it anywhere. It's not in any libraries. You can only buy it through this dude's specific website. What's it called? No ebooks, no audiobooks. I'm, I'm going to pull it up right now. I don't want you to pull it up. Oh, I want to be a surprise. Man. Okay, fine. No, I'll tell you. It's uh, the website. It, I can't remember the URL. It's something Bigfoot something. But it's not Bigfoot related. It's uh, Missing 411, Western United States and Canada. All right. So it's uh, – here, I'll show you on the webcam here. Missing we're doing 411, this remote today. Western States and Canada? Western United States and okay. Canada. So I got the edition that kind of fits where we're – around where we're located. Um, some Wait. of the places that we could travel I to. I found Some of the uh, – yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is, but it's sixty dollars. I should say it's oh, sixty to a hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah, and the hoopa. Their resellers the hoopa proje- sell them. The hoopa project. Yeah, I don't know what David, that is. But if you go to David his Polites. website, David Politis, Politis, I believe, he, he, then that's the only place you can get it for not a ridiculous amount. I think it costs like twenty bucks, oh, okay. which is not bad for a book this big and well researched. Basically, missing four one one. Oh, this guy. Have you seen covers. his face? Have you seen his face? Sorry to cut you off again. I uh, probably isn't it in this book somewhere? Are you showing me? Yeah, he's an old cop. <laughs> nice haircut though. I love Jeez. It. That fucking mustache. So I didn't know Tom Selleck had an alternate identity. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So he covers unexplained disappearances that have never been solved. And I just wanted to put out a little teaser because I'm super excited to cover this topic. Um, They're they're weird disappearances. I'll give you you more of the buildup when I actually cover the book (laughs) when I get it done. But right now... Where did Joseph C. Sear go? (laughs) Essentially. So all of these disappearances that he covers, and he has like a dozen books on these, uh, reach or all have... This specific criteria. Not everything has every piece, but they have multiple parts of it. So let me, I'll, I'll go over my little list here. They all occur in a rural setting, most of the time in national forests, public lands, um, national parks, things like that. The, uh, there are dogs that are often involved. Either the dogs disappear with the victim, or the dogs will disappear and then return home without the victim, huh. or they just disappear no trace. Damn. That's the real tragedy um, behind all this is that the doggos are going. Yeah, this is this is the reason I'm covering it. <laughs> another part is another part about the dogs are bloodhounds and like search canines can never track a scent. They can they'll track it for a couple of feet and it disappears or it leads them to a strange place that it shouldn't or they just can't find anything and they just go in circles. Okay. I I'm not going to say what I think it might be because I feel like I'm right just looking at like his website or whatever. No, it's, it's not. His website has a lot of. It's not Bigfoot. Okay. I was gonna say, I was like, is this Bigfoot shit? It's not Bigfoot. It's not UFOs. It's not aliens. It's, it's, it's something else. It's something huh. weird. And he, what I do like about him is he never really puts forth this is what it is. This is what it isn't. He entertains multiple ideas of is it serial killers? This is why it could be. This is why it probably isn't. Huh. And he goes into all that, and we'll talk about that stuff. Another thing is freak weather activity. 
Uh, freak storms will happen shortly after the time of the disappearance, and it always leads to a delay in search and rescue activities. I mean, that... So it'll yeah, be I could see that. in the middle of June, somebody will disappear, and that evening it snows. Okay. Like, like a lot of times the weather doesn't match the season or the location. Oh, okay, because I was like, uh, yeah, people go out into the snow all the time and disappear, and we never find them. What's special about no, no, this? Not quite. The uh, Yeah, it's like 80 degrees that day, and then it snows okay. that night, and it's a blizzard, and then in the morning, the snow's all melted, and it's 80 degrees again. Okay. Like, it's weird this weather. Makes, that makes more sense, then. Uh, let's see. Most uh, disappearances occur between 2 and 5 p.m., so they're not even at night. 2 and 5 p.m., like, like before two and everybody gets home from their 9 to 5. <laughs> it's just such a weird— I mean, when you're camping. such a weird time, too. It is a weird time, yeah. Um, it usually happens in difficult terrain. Um, children, mostly, or signs of children are found in locations that they just shouldn't physically be able to go to. Uh, I remember one off the top of my head. This kid disappeared for two years. They searched and searched and searched, never found him. The family went back every year to search, um, knowing that they were just searching for a body at this point. And somebody eventually found him on a ledge. That was almost impossible to climb to. They had to rappel down a cliff. They found bones scattered and the clothing neatly folded. Was he alive? His bones were scattered. I thought you meant like he was standing there and there were bones scattered around him. And like his clothes were neatly folded. I was like, what the fuck is this? I went stranger (laughs) than this That's slightly more creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. It's it's also usually affiliated with either briar patches, swamps, rocky terrain and cliffs, boulder fields, things like that. The people who are found, because some people do come back, they're either unconscious or they're semi-conscious. And if they do survive, they have no memory of the events, including the events leading up to and during the disappearance. What the fuck? And a lot of them don't know how much time has passed. There was one I was reading that I'll go into more detail because it happened in, uh, let's see, west of Vernal. In Utah, they, he was gone for three days and he thought it had been one night and he didn't know why he was in the mountains. He forgot that for two days prior, they were camping. (laughs) Jesus. Crazy stuff. LSD is a hell of a drug. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My, Um, also, also, go ahead, hmm? go ahead. Also what? The people who do, who survive often cannot communicate. Either they're disabled, too young, too old, or they've got some sickness going on that they can't communicate what has happened. You know, this kind of sounds like just an M.O. It's like, oh, so these are the types of people that I go after, and this is when they went missing. And the reason I know so much about all of these cases is because I took them. (laughs) That's my guess, is he's the criminal behind all of Hold this. that thought. Hold that okay, thought. I'm holding it. A um, couple other criteria. A lot of them, a lot of the stories are related to berries. People are found eating berries. People disappear in berry patches. There are signs of them in berry patches. When but they find them, they're- It's just kind of a weird when thing. When they find these people, they're berry scared. That one. <laughs> berry scared. Let's see. And then I think, yeah, this is my last little weird criteria bit. Clothing is often removed. At least one piece of clothing will be missing or they'll be found completely naked and they never find the clothing. Or like I said before, that clothing was just randomly folded and it wasn't really sun bleached or damaged in any way. Fuck? Or or like the a lot of times they'll find the victim's shoes tying, tied together with the shoelaces just sitting on a trail. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, and there was one more thing. Where did I... I don't know where it was supposed to go, but I skipped it. The people who are found or the bodies who are found are often found in places where searchers already looked. Huh. I'm intrigued. Like, they, they've already searched these places and they're there. So so let's talk about... Everybody always thinks serial killers. Yeah. yeah. But he's not killing This him. dude has cases across the globe. Huh. Yeah. That happen simultaneously. He's got things from... A, a lot of them, a large portion of these disappearances, most of them occurred before he learned about it, which I think was in the 90s. Oh, okay. The If it was a serial killer, the serial killer would have to be in a dozen places at the same time over the past hundred years. Bet. 
I bet I could do it. Also, <laughs> a lot of these definitely. Yeah, look at you. You can hike yeah, easily. A, a lot of I these can people hike to the fridge. It, <laughs> yes, definitely. Just put a fridge near that oh, corpse. God, you're good. Sold. Cover it in whipped cream. A lot of you these people. It. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> that's a bonus. But yeah, a, a lot of these people, depending, so they they seem to occur in flaps. If one person disappears in the area, then a couple more people will probably disappear within about a year. Huh. They tend to happen in these in these groupings. flaps. They're called flaps. Are like okay? Yeah, groupings. He has a map on his website. It's really interesting where he outlines all the all the flaps, and they're usually in um, national parks. Hmm. But depending on the flap, sometimes it will be specifically German immigrants who have a physics what background, the or they're Nazi hunters, Chinese tourists. Chinese tourists who have a background in like microbiology, like they they're usually well educated, healthy people huh. who are disappearing. And another another weird flap that they had that I probably won't cover next time, but in the future I'd like to. He has an entire book on young, well educated men. A lot of them are um, gonna be doctors, scientists, things like that. You know, they have eight more years of school before they're done. Yeah. They're in college and they disappear in the middle of in the middle of a group of friends, in the middle of a party, in the middle of a club, in the just from their apartment, huh. and they're found um drowned uh no, they're not drowned, but they're found in like an inch of water. Oftentimes they're propped up almost like they're standing. What the fuck? And they'll have been not drowned, but suffocated. And not like choked around yeah. the neck. Just like their mouth was covered or something. Like, and they, they don't have any defensive wounds. There's no DNA the evidence. Fuck? There's. It sounds like some like weird yeah. sex thing. It really does. There's a there is one group, one school of thought that it's potentially like a clandestine cult who's going around and they're targeting specific people in specific areas and they're just killing. Huh. And that that could make more sense. That would make sense for it being more widespread. But we'll go into this and so much more <laughs> on the uh, – maybe the next episode, but I want to do this right, so it might not be the next episode. It might be the one after this that. This season on Pressure Points. <laughs> and then I also got a book. <laughs> this one will be a lot quicker. It's called Fingerprints of the Gods. It basically goes into the idea – the evidence and the idea that more advanced civilizations, human civilizations, were on the earth before we knew it. Huh. And I think that just makes Intriguing. sense. Yeah. Super cool. I like it. Very, in oh. very interesting. Barry, you got anything that you know you're going to work on? Um, Yeah, I'm reading a little bit about, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it's child soldiers in Africa during the, like, 1990s. Well, that's fucking chipper. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the episode on a really high note. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be covering that yeah, within the next couple of weeks. Um, you should uh, you should look into the the diamond conspiracy. How one company owns like ninety six percent of the world's supply of diamonds. Oh man! And they have a ton of them, but they just kind of trickle them out to keep the price you know, up to make it seem like there's a there loss. There is. I do want to. I'm considering doing an episode on um, like the families that like they're over everything. I know I discussed it at the start of the season, like the Rothschilds and. Uh, the Bilderberg yeah, groups, those the uh, big, big families. Berkshire Hathaways. Yeah, a lot the... of people are like, oh, no, that's bullshit. And it's like, ah, no, not so much. So, yeah. I've, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, evidence. I'll be. The owl cult. I'll be doing some shit on that. That would be nah. good. Just choose, eat one family for <laughs> the next yeah. 12 episodes. Exactly, yeah. Um, the. So, for everybody that's listening, we will be doing. A live stream holiday extravaganza for Easter. We're not zombie uh, day. I mean damn Easter. It. I was gonna say, don't tell them what it was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I told we're gonna, you we're gonna do it. We're gonna do zombie day. Uh, bringing those sweet dead bodies back to life on Easter day. Uh, I'm just gonna cover necrophilia. <laughs> I'm just gonna cover. Everybody knows I'm into that. Oh God, I'm just gonna cover like poisoned bunnies. That's it. Furry. We're going to do a furry episode. <laughs> oh, my God. 
now I'm gonna I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna read some furry fanfic. Oh god! If you do, we need to do an episode on it. But I'm not gonna read it. I'll just send you pictures. <laughs> ooh, ooh, nuzzles tapeworm. I'm gonna cry if like if after this episode our numbers just tank because everyone that listened to us was a furry. I'm like, it wasn't meant to be, AJ. <laughs> we should have stopped before we got ahead. Uh, featuring the only podcast with a 100% furry fan base. God. R.I.P. Oh, God. Ooh, ooh. This is why my, I'm very this is sorry. Why my girlfriend doesn't listen. Because uh, she's not in our furry <laughs> yeah, fan base. Yeah, that makes sense. Because she's not yeah. a furry? Oh, that's weird. My, uh, my fiance listens. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> oh, God. What are you doing in there? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, oh, yeah, always right. feel free to reach out like we always say. Uh, it was a pleasure. And uh, we'll see you fucking next week. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at points o pressure. I like favorite subscribe. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, tell your friends. Later. <laughs> we'll Have see you good, later. Uh, fucking... St. Patrick's Day, suckers.